Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erica, and this week is our misogynist of the week. And to help us explain who that is and why they're the misogynist of the week, we welcome Scott Taylor, who is basically an expert right now in all things Canadian Armed Forces and um, the debacle that's going on at that institution. So welcome, Scott. Okay, just to be clear, I'm not the misogynist of the week, right? No. <laughs> okay, no. no trophy just attached to, be, to this. Okay. Just to be clear, everybody, Scott is not the misogynist of the, the week. the week, which is the Canadian Armed Forces. The Canadian Armed Forces, exactly. Okay. Complicated and a very sort of dark chapter that just keeps on happening for the, for the military. And it's uh, sad to say, I mean, I've been it was associated with the military since 1982 when I joined uh, and been covering... Uh, with the Spirit of Corps magazine since 1988. Um, and this is, again, something which just keeps coming back. And we've had an announcement today from the defense minister that they're going to have yet another investigation, independent investigation, into the culture of sexual uh, inappropriateness in the military, which is not what they should be doing. They've had a number of reports. They don't need to look at it again. The evidence is there. They just need to start doing stuff. But, so the last report was when? 2015, correct? 2015, that came out as a result of media reports in 2013, in which they agreed to have the uh, Supreme Court Justice Marie Deschamps spend time going from base to base, spent months interviewing people, and she came back you know, when reported there was widespread uh, sexual misconduct, and it was a big sort of black eye for the military, and then they looked around and they said, what are we going to do about this? And at that point, they reached out and they, they appointed General Jonathan Vance, and his first act as the chief of defense staff was to initiate a thing called Operation Honor, which was to <laughs> launch an right. operation to wipe out all this sexual inappropriateness. Um, I mean, and again in 2020, just before he handed over, he announced another. It's a pathway to pathway to respect, I think it's called. There's something new, but it's not yet another initiative. But uh, and that was because things were starting to unravel, and obviously they realized they hadn't had a success in five years with Operation Honor. But this, I mean, this was not, I mean, by any means the first time. The original, um, and probably many people won't remember this, but in 1998, the military was still reeling from the Somali inquiry. They had lost all kinds right. of faith in the leadership, and there had been recommendations that they get uh, an inspector general to take, like, have actual powers to investigate, in, independent of the military chain of command. And they resisted, like, I mean, they were, their fingernails were left in the carpet. They were dragging the feet, not going to do anything. And then in 1998, so that was 97, the, the commission recommended that that take place. And in 98, in the spring, McLean uh, did a really brave thing. They ran four weekly editions in a row detailing rape in the military. And wow. And it just went and was one after the other after the other. People coming forward and you know repercussions on their career if they'd come forward to defend some of the victims against the brass, et cetera. So the military was just really, and they come back from that and they said, okay, 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 um, we'll appoint an ombudsman, not an inspector general, an ombudsman, and he's mm-hmm. going to spend the first year. They named him it was Andre Moran, the first one, mm-hmm. and he was going to spend a year researching what his mandate should be. 
So he comes back and says, look, I'm going to need, if I'm going to be effective, I'm going to have to be basically an inspector general. I'm going to need the powers of investigation. I would report to parliament, not to the chain of command. And, mm. well, you're not going to get that. So mm-hmm. we never got that. They could have fixed the problem in 1998, but instead they got an ombudsman instead of an inspector general. They went through this thing, and, of course, then it comes back out in 2013, and things haven't changed. Um, Marie Duchamp, her report comes out. You know, They have to do something, so they launch Operation Honor. Now it's failed, and we're going to go through the, I mean, what, just how catastrophically it failed in the last four months with the senior brass. I mean, just getting the whole Me Too movement with everybody coming forward. Um, and it's tough even for us. I mean, we're watching it almost. It's like watching the stock market every day. We're watching who's who's still there. We figured there'd be some corporal as the chief of defense up by next week. <laughs> so it was yes, just, because they're all tainted. They're it's just all one after tainted. the other. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't I know Lieutenant General Wayne Eyre. I mean, I've known him for years. He was from my regiment. I mean, and I'm hoping that um, it, it doesn't snag him, but it's, it's one of those things where you, to be appointed to that when there's just so much scrutiny and people going back, in some cases, uh, almost 30 years to come forward with allegations against some of these guys. So it's just blowing up on them. And then today, I mean, and they're trying to struggle to get this together. They've announced yet another months-long thorough investigation by another former Supreme Court Justice, Louise Arbour. Um, it's like we're talking, this is deja vu, Groundhog Day slash Albert Einstein's definition of insanity that keep doing mm-hmm. the same thing, expecting a different result. Um, I don't know where they're going to go with this, but I mean, it's, it, in a sense, they can now say they've done something because they're setting up an investigation. Instead of just coming out and in, in rapid succession, accepting the report from 1997 that these guys need to have an independent inspector general. So, and again, it depend would be personality driven, depending on how far they would go with it. But I mean, it would be something where people could go and know that their career wouldn't be in jeopardy or, or being threatened if they did report their own chain of command for infractions. So that's a lot to take in, and you know, obviously, this sort of back and forth ping pong of accountability, or you know, the image of accountability. Um, has gone on for like a generation, basically. So, because 1998 was like a generation ago, basically. So, um, what is their strategy for this independent or investigation, the the new one, the the investigation 3.0 or whatever it is? What are they doing? Are they are they hoping that that it will go away eventually, and they can just and and the you know, everything will die down. Well, this this time, I I mean, I don't think these things can necessarily die down. One of the the admirals who's been brought uh, allegations were brought forward. I mean, from a 1991 incident. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a straight up as the woman the victim describes it. I mean, it's a straight up rape case. I mean, that's going to yeah. could involve actual criminal charges and, and possible jail time. I mean, this is serious serious stuff. I mean. Um, you've got, you know, General Vance, uh, the former chief of defense staff who ran Operation Honor. He is now under a couple of different investigations, police investigations. Um, and it just seems to keep, I mean, just to go through that one, he would step down as the chief of defense staff. And then like look, two weeks later, two allegations came forward, two anonymous allegations. One was about an email that had been sent to a junior officer or junior uh, rank. In That's a closed optional, like, yeah. yeah. 12. He's like major general. He's not the chief of defense staff. He sends this inappropriate um, 
said, or we could throw caution to the wind and we could go to one of those clothing optional Caribbean islands. I hear they have good beer. So that was the line. That's the only line that we've seen. And that's like, well, it's stupid. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, is it criminal? Should someone spend time in a jail cell for sending that? No, but that was the, mm-hmm. the message that was sent to an individual who brought that forward in 2018. So by now, General Vance has been in the chief of defense for three years. Mm-hmm. He's running operation on it for three years. Now this individual says she wants to come forward to, to get to, to the minister's attention. She goes to the ombudsman, says, I'm not going to file a formal complaint. I don't want my name associated with this. I want to remain anonymous. He takes it forward to uh, Harjit Sajjan, the minister of defense. He refuses to take to look at the email, the offensive email, and forwards it to the chief clerk of the Privy Council. I mean, that's, when that stuff started going back and forth, that's when it became political. That's when this whole yes. thing, who knew what when. But the initial... Yeah. Initial report from Mercedes Stevenson at Global TV was that this email had been sent, and the other one was that Vance had been having a long-standing 20-year relationship, extramarital relationship, with a, a, again a junior officer. Nobody ever implied that it was non-consensual, and in fact, it started off uh, as consensual um, between two adults. That were it was nothing about it. They were both single at the time, back in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know the identity of the woman at that time, and of course. Ottawa being Ottawa, everybody quickly found out who it was, and mm-hmm. then she came forward again. Mm-hmm. She had sort of outed herself and said that she was having the one having the relationship with Vance in her That's first. That's Kelly. Um, Kelly Brennan. Yeah, Brennan. Yeah. I mean, and again, I mean to know the the game, and we've known Kelly Brennan. She was a corporal in Croatia. She wrote a, an article for Esprit de Corps in 1994. Mm-hmm. on our radar. So, I mean, this is a, in this whole family, everybody's known all these different things anyway. So she um, comes out and says that the, the, like the most damning thing was that in the period where she was still anonymous and it was just a, he said, she said, because General Vance was maintaining he's done nothing wrong. Um, he allegedly made phone calls to her, urging her to lie about the relationship or the nature of the relationship when the police came to talk to her. So yes. up until yes. that moment, there was like, it was some, he said, she said, well, distant allegations, um, but the minute it became the chief of defense staff, a former, still mm-hmm. a star general, still on the payroll, urging a major to lie, um, then we're looking at abuse of authority, we're looking at yeah. uh, obstruction of justice, we're looking at a whole bunch of different things, which, um, you the know. cover-up is worse than the crime. Exactly, but now she's come forward. Well, I mean, again, it didn't take as long. You, you punch in that name and you'll bring up a, a 2016 article that she had gone, she was personally then a captain, Mm-hmm. Um, she had gone to Pierre Polivare uh, mm-hmm. and did a megathon with the Ottawa Citizen saying that she was this, this single mother of eight um, and she wanted to be promoted from captain to major as a reservist, but mm-hmm. the allowance per family per day was only, I think, $75 a day per child. No, not mm-hmm. per child, per, per family. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the kids, that doesn't cut it when the kids were aged uh, 16 months to 16 years. So didn't time. she come out and say that one of, those, one of her children is Vance's? Well, that, that was the second time she came forward. So the first time, ah. she didn't say nobody. Nobody it was like an unwritten rule. None of us could mention the kids. We right. all Google searched it, found this article. She's army of moms. She's very confident. She says, you know, if Pierre Polivare can't get the job done, somehow she'll do it, and because she always does. And it was mm-hmm. a very, you know, confident. Thing. She's got eight kids and running them on her own. So now that she's come forward and says she's got eight kids and two of them are advances, now everyone can start to mention the kids. But it's becoming, it's like this terribly rotted onion that just keeps peeling back and it's like what, yes. what's next you know so yes it's um i mean then he 
had only been he was in the soup because of course Kelly Brennan was coming forward and it was getting worse worsening situation. So the current well the, the former current chief of defense staff Admiral Art McDonald um, he sent out a message to the, the forces and said listen everybody anybody's going to need to come forward come forward we'll protect you everything's going to be fine. Well by eight o'clock that night people had come forward on him that they had already launched. Uh, allegations against him some two weeks earlier, and that the military police were investigating him for sexual misconduct, which dates back uh, 2000 and 2010, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was an o- operation up in the in the Arctic that uh, at the time he would have been a naval captain, and he visited the ship, and some, some woman alleges that he was improper with her, uh, and that's being investigated. So he had to step aside. So he's now under investigation. And then there was uh, Lieutenant General Chris Coates. We found out that he'd had an affair while he was stationed at NORAD as the Canadian commander there. Um, the Americans, that was against American regulations for him to have an affair uh, with an American citizen. He had to come back to Ottawa. He could not then be posted to NATO because of this was now coming up to bite him. And so he subsequently, he's now retired. And then we had allegations that there'd been some impropriety when uh, uh, Vice Admiral uh, Hayden Edmondson was uh, on the West Coast. He was training center somewhere, uh, but it had been investigated and he had been cleared. And then a bombshell came out that, it, like in 1991, the same now Vice Admiral had actually, as a junior officer, uh, according to the victim, had, had sexually assaulted her. Um, I think I saw that on CBC. Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty detailed about it, but I mean, he's now obviously under police investigation. Kelly Brennan has alleged that in addition to her affairs with General Vance, that she was raped while she was at CFP Wainwright. And that, yeah, yeah. Um, she didn't go forward with that because it might expose the affair that she was having. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it's it's crazy. We've had like one of the top women, it was a combat officer, the first woman to command a company in Afghanistan. Uh, she has resigned in protest and said this should have all come out sooner. And people are coming out of the woodwork all over the place. And, I mean, this truly is the Me Too moment for them. But yeah. if, if their response, I mean, this is the thing where they've got an opportunity to actually go in and start to, to make change. And if it's to hold another investigation to find out if they've got a problem. <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> what they need. We know you have a problem. But we I mean, I'm not getting excuses for these guys, especially on this show, because <laughs> the title alone, my wife's like, you're doing what? <laughs> Yeah, so they're completely okay. It's like no, um, no. It's uh, like the military that she I tell her I was gentle with you. So I was <laughs> <laughs> that. Okay, so when she's uh, um, when I joined, women were not allowed to mm-hmm. butt arms. You were not allowed to be gay. It was illegal to be gay. You would you'd be kicked out if you were gay. Wow. Uh, so the group okay. that's gone through, and uh, these guys, and I'm actually now I'm older than Vance. Um, so but he was still still from the same era. Um. They would not have known women to be in, in the ranks when they joined. This is something which which came was sort of pushed in. and But now the generation of officers uh, coming through have only known a military that included women, that included gays, that included transgender, right. that all these things. But these guys, that, I mean, and I'm one of them, the old dogs, when we were in, that was something which, I mean, the homophobia was rampant. It was crazy. Yeah. Everything yeah. that they insulted you with was a, but as a homosexual act. It was like... Um, they berated everybody. I mean, it was crazy. And they, they, the military police, the SIU, would conduct trap, uh, what do you call it, operations, sting operations to get people to, to out them as homosexuals. 
I mean, really? they, and, they, and they were investigating at the time. This was back in the early '80s um, for being out of control, for for secretly videotaping people, um, and that caused a, a whole other inquiry way before that was even before my time. So this is not something new, but that the rules keep changing. So the guys that were back then, they're they're being phased out. And I think that we're going to see a rapid, I mean, I'm hopeful that there'll be a rapid drop off the cliff and that things will start to change. Um, and when they do, it's going to be very quick. People will not remember a time when they didn't have gay serving, they didn't have uh, transgender, or they didn't have to worry about, you know, anything like that. So it's, uh, I mean, it's the fact that, I think you may have seen there was a photograph put out for their um, diversity conference by the general. <laughs> yes, I wrote about it. Like eight white guys <laughs> all in their 50s. It was like, yeah. But yeah, because Admiral McDonald was, was, was yeah. in command then, or was in the defense then. In his brief yeah. one month. Yeah. But, yes. I mean, yes. but the fact is, that's who who joined up back then. That's who served mm. time. That's who's taken the promotional courses. That's who got promoted and appointed. That's where we're at right now. But if you yeah. look down maybe two rungs to the brigadier level, mm. um, you've got diversity. Um, yeah. yes, and, and you've got you know gender, females and everything else. So I mean, it's, it'll take time, but you can't just promote somebody in a military structure where people do respect you know that they, people have paid their dues kind of thing. People would be yeah. seen. It would be tokenism if they were to try to right. falsely represent an institution that even at the end of the day is still overwhelmingly white male. I mean that's that's the fact. My my wife works in recruiting. I mean, they're doing all they can to try to get to an appeal. And, and I got to tell you, all these scandals are not helping. No, I would. See, uh-huh. I, I was thinking that your wife must have some really interesting feedback because I, were I looking at this, I'd be like, I would be afraid to join the military being a woman. Well, much less a black woman, but being a woman in general, like it's just, it's it's a kind of thing where, you know, how do you want to spend your life? Do you want to spend it fighting an uphill battle where, you know, you don't, you have to look over your back all the time and that's not what the military should be, right? The military should be kind of brothers and sisters in arms or whatever. And, um, and you have to trust the people around you to have your back. So what does that do for maybe morale or the, the, the actual fear in, in, in terms of the culture, well, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's a very confusing challenge for the military because, of course, there's this what used to be brothers in arms, mm-hmm. and there's another case out now that was uh, 2017 uh, sexual assault case involving two two officers that are at the root of this, um, and the one guy raped it was a, f- a fellow soldier, but she was also the wife of uh, another special forces officer. Yes, the, and and. And the commanders gave letters of commendation or to yes. the judge uh, character references to say he was a good guy while he was in combat. Um, and he, they, the judge ended up giving him a suspended sentence. And then he subsequently re, either reoffended or he, he was found guilty on a different case. And I think he's now behind bars. But um, you know, this whole attitude of you know I serve with this guy. We've been in the we've been in the crap together. We've you know he's a good guy on that sense. But like I don't know where chivalry died in. You know the idea that we're supposed to protect women, or certainly not to to assault them, and it's somebody's wife. I mean, it just crosses so many different boundaries. I just thought this this whole story. I mean, it's it's really for 
you know, even people from my regimental associations and things, they're kind of going, what the heck, man? This is, this is crazy. But they, mm-hmm. the officers think, well, I'm sticking up for a guy who, you know, when the, the things were, were tough and we were in, in combat and, you know, we bonded, right? You're, but that bond shouldn't include overlooking that kind of predatory and violent behavior. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there used to be a, a catch-all phrase when it was only only males in the unit and the guys would do stupid things and they would get arrested while they were in garrison. If their officer wanted to keep them, the line was that they were good in the field. Yeah. I want to stress that this man is good in the field, sir, which meant basically he's good when he's sober. Because when you're out in the field, ah. sober, but he's a raging drunk or he's, he's out of control. Um, but it would, they would want to have, uh, in order to keep him in the unit or to keep him in the military, that was their defense, was that, you know, you got to keep in mind he's good in the field so we can control him when he's in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So now we've got these guys saying, well, he was good in, in a war zone. Yeah. But, but he's a predator otherwise. Why would they vouch for his behavior in this instance? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. They should be yeah. just as horrified, especially when they, they've got a choice here because the other guy is also a fellow officer, and it was his wife that was assaulted, and apparently he, the, the individual also assaulted his fellow officer, one whose wife he, he had raped. So what, where their loyalty lies in that one is beyond me. So let's let's pivot to the political, because... You know, this was a really, really good overview of basically the dumpster fire that is Canadian Armed Forces. And um, I am, so I watched some of the uh, defense committee's questioning, especially when they questioned um, uh, Minister Sajan. And, um, you know, he was, he was defiant. And in a way that I didn't think was appropriate for the um, for the allegations against him, sure, but also he, I just felt like he didn't he didn't quite express the the context within which he was um, uh, testifying. I I I found I found. I found him off-putting. Well, he was basically doing the, the captured prisoner's name, rank, and serial number. Yeah. From what I saw, every time they asked him a question, it was that everyone should be entitled to work in a safe environment, and that's sort of been the go-to line that they keep coming back. It's like, yeah, but they didn't. So, yeah, and that's the point. What did you do? And it's like, well, I, I want to stress that uh, I, I did everything right, and uh, it's like, well, that's impossible because this still happened. But, I mean, when we – when you go through it and realize that, that in the case of the 2018, you know, being made aware of an allegation, it was from an anonymous person who didn't wish to file a formal complaint. It was a six-year-old email um, that was given to the ombudsman, and he, uh, you know, gave information to the chief clerk of the Privy Council. It probably wouldn't have unseated a survey. I mean, it, had it been pursued, had General Vance been made aware that this was something, and if he remembered who it was he'd sent it to, probably an apology, and, and it probably he would have been embarrassed as hell um, mm-hmm. because it's a stupid thing. And it, but it's again, is it, is it criminal? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I get you because we don't they, see the context of what was said before that, or we don't know what. The, I mean, it was a strange that yeah. a junior-ranking non-commissioned officer or person would be in contact with a major general. I mean, I met. 
a brigadier when I was in the forces. Uh, mm-hmm. That was as high as I ever met anybody, and that was at some reception after a biathlon tournament. Um, I was lucky to know my crew's name. Mm-hmm. I mean, never, they'd, have to, they'd have to remind us before we went on parade. We knew our company commander, we knew our platoon commander, but you didn't hobnob you, with generals and they didn't exchange emails with them. Yeah, okay. So, within that context, look, in isolation, because, you know, I think I think there is a um a continuum here. So isolation. That email is highly inappropriate. That makes you, you know, raise an eyebrow. Right? right. Oh it's, it's yeah, it's inappropriate um, question. I mean ha- it's, it's probably um just even the idea that he would Yeah. Want, exactly. Want to be on a clothing option. I mean, that is highly irregular because you don't have that kind of FaceTime with some with with um let's no, say an executive deep. officer or whatever you choose to whatever you I, I'm not sure of the military terminology, but um of your senior officials or your senior officers, right? I but my question now becomes, okay, so he didn't do everything right. He um you know, the minister passed on this email to the Privy Council, then you're wondering if the Privy Council knew how much PMO knew. And then um, didn't Trudeau say that he was aware of the allegation and still promoted him? But he didn't know that it was a Me Too uh, type of, of allegation or something. He'd already so he been... didn't know about the allegation? That's my question. Like, that's always my question. Who knew? It's like it's going back to what you said earlier. Who knew what when? Right. And we will never, to be fair, we'll probably never figure that out. Um, but, but again, that was the only. I mean, there was that one didn't include anything to do with the ongoing affair with Kelly Brennan. That was exactly complete. exactly so one single email line from 2012. Right. The man's been the incumbent for three years now. Um, but why would you not? He, he was, you know sort of the national news and certainly in military news, it, when he took the, the helm, his first thing was to launch Operation Honor. If you knew that this individual had, you know, had an inappropriate act that you were aware of, why wouldn't you have come forward right then and there to say this is not the man for the job? And there were people that did, did protest appointment for that position, and um, they knew there was the investigation. This is where the, the parties flipped it back on onto the conservatives because they appointed right. him knowing that he'd been investigated in 2014 for ah. the affair that he had in Naples. So right. He has right. an affair. He's with his second wife. He has an affair while he's in Naples with a U.S. JAG officer, mm-hmm. Kerry Wheelahan, and mm-hmm. they investigate that because they bring him home, in fact, after only one year, not two years. He gets, he gets brought home. She got brought back to the States, and she was subsequently released from the American military. They are now married. I mean, he subsequently married her, so obviously there was more than just smoke. There was obviously some fire, but mm-hmm. they, under Canadian military rules, extramarital affairs are a question of character, but they're not considered criminal or against the service code of the right. Right. U.S. military, very different story. You will not get promoted, or you will be kicked out if you're a senior rank and you, you know, commit an extramarital affair, and they get mm. judged harshly on that. So, something which was different, but I mean, I think in my column I wrote that he had been cleared of wrongdoing, and people jumped on me and said that's not true. It was, but he was under the terms of the service code of discipline and the criminal charges. He did not done anything which warranted charges or dismissal or any further action. So that was put forward. Then, when they were going to make him the uh, chief of defense staff, they unofficially 
announced it through guess who Mercedes Stevenson who mm. was then B and said he's been chosen and they let it float for six weeks unofficially because they were looking to find out if any of the ex-wives or any of the former dalliances were going to come out of the woodwork and say well you know that, that might be a questionable choice when he didn't they went forward and he was announced and then Wisconsin be, became the architect of Operation Honor mm. and then the liberals come in and did what well, they inherited him, so that's what yeah. if you if you'd investigated him and then you still made him the chief of defense staff, you made him the you know the head of operation honor um not us, so yeah. you know I see I, where the finger pointing is okay yeah. if I didn't pass along a, a nineteen eighteen or sorry twenty eighteen email that was given to me um then you you got like a lot more egg on your face than we do because you appointed him after you knew that he had been in, involved in sort of activities mm-hmm. So that was where I think it was only the NDP that were able to have no finger. <laughs> Clean hands on this one. Yeah. 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 But they so, could back to them and say, well, we, we left him in there and, you know, gave him a pay raise. You put him in the job and is obviously there was, it was rumblings at the time. So what does, what would you like to see from um, top military brass and the politicians who, who, are supposed to have some sort of oversight function. I guess that's where we should start, is that there should be an independent oversight function that's funded with um, with investigative powers. Like, I mean, there's other examples in other militaries where they have an inspector general that, uh, that does, mm-hmm. but this is the thing that they do not want. They do not want it. I mean, and it would be something to do with they could oversee, um, you know, what do you call it, uh, Purchasing of equipment and all that sort of things. It's a procurement. They, if there's any sort of irregularities, you'd have an outside source that would be there that could investigate that. I mean, potential corruption in those massive projects is, is always there. Um, influence peddling, all kinds of things that they could be looking into that would be independent, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there's no inspector general's office around the world that's perfect, but I mean, it's a different system. It means people would have somewhere to go to report where they wouldn't feel that, well, I can report this all I want, but it's only going to go up to the guy, you know above me and that's where it's going to stay and I'm going to mm-hmm. have career implications as a result mm-hmm. and I mean and they can be vindictive we've seen this but uh, and people sometimes even if the system could could be fair the perception of it at the moment is not fair mm-hmm. but I think this time um, the, the genie got out and, and it's, it's been empowered and women are coming out like crazy and it's like I mean digging up 30 year old allegations of rape and coming forward against very senior people they they can't. I mm-hmm. mean, just come back and, and clear everything. I mean, <laughs> allegations that, that General Vance owns the NIS, the CFNIS. Um, that's almost like a dare. I mean, they're gonna like they can't just come back and go, "Yep, you know, didn't find nothing." Yeah, they're, it's gonna be that much more on them and in spotlight um, to be seen to be done, you know, overturning every stone. So we'll see. And. Yeah. I mean, it's been everybody. It's been military police retired that have come out and said that they never felt they could properly investigate. And it's just, but and again, it's for me, it's a, it's all this deja vu. We're going to go through the same thing again, um, and unless they actually this time bite the bullet, take the hit, and then spend the rest of their careers, you know, under the the gaze of an inspector general that's keeping them honest. Yeah. Won't be as much fun at the party, but you know what? It's, it's going to save you from this kind of embarrassment on an ongoing, you know, sort of rotational basis. Yeah, and, you know, 
I think all systems need to have independent oversight or else they just become exactly that. It becomes more about the cover-up and uh, criminal activity and there's no accountability. And that's what happens. I absolute hope that power corrupts gets... absolutely, and that's the thing. Yeah. The, yeah. And it's been these old boys club, and they've, you know, but it's it's time to change. I think it's, I think they can change. I even wrote about this. I said, like, if there's any institution that can change a culture and, and being, it's like these guys, are their, that's what they're known for. You, you come off Civvy Street, a whole bunch of different strangers that have got civilian values, and in 10 weeks, they turn out a soldier who, you right. know, through boot camp. I mean, they, yeah. I went through that process. I went through battle school. I mean, they, they turn out the person they want. Now just change the settings and turn out different people. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for accepting my invitation to come on and explain this quagmire of a clusterfuck. I probably made it even more muddy. <laughs> just stir in the mud. My pleasure. Mud. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My bitch is bad and bullshit.